Kitty Show? Yes. How come? Uh, Sir Jasmine played it years ago, back in the 80s, so I was aware. And the stars of the show were still members of Spurvac. Big parent. Uh, well, I'm glad your Stump Walden question wasn't about the Clyde Beatty show. But, you know, well, every, no, you don't. No, I don't. Last week. I got you last week. You got me last week. Now, you know who, who you know, there's a good question about the Ripley, uh, Robert, Robert Ripley show. What? Who was his big band leader and girl singer? Oh, good grief. That's not my, my bailiwick. I know, but it's a great, it's a great, they went on to bigger and better things. Uh, I don't even know the, the little and ungood <laughs> They went on to having their own radio series for at least 10 years and been on television for close to 20 years. I would guess then it would be, no, it wouldn't be George and Gracie on television no, for 20 years. Band leader. Band leader, a big band leader and a girl singer. It would have been Ozzy and Harriet. Yes, it was Ozzy and Harriet. Really? Yes. Those are the only ones who could, who could, um... Hit the profile. Correct. That's why I was trying to give you as many hints. But yeah, that, 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 that was the uh, that was the orchestra leader, and that was the girl singer on the Ripley's show. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, I, I'll ask Nolan the question that I asked you last week. And it is... You think Nolan can answer it better than I can? Yeah, because okay. you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> It all, it won't be. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy. Now, I have to um, just just be patient with me here for a second, because I got this, to... This, 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 this pause is by, is by the pause that refreshes. Oh, you know. Yeah, well. Oh, my goodness. So, knowing it's the family coming to see you guys for Christmas, what's going to be the Christmas routine this year? Yeah, they, they are. In fact, they were over here a couple of weeks ago and just growing like crazy. Little uh, Camden is not walking yet. He's got bigger brothers who are walking there, nine to ten months older than he is. But he rolls a lot. <laughs> Once he gets from one place to another, he rolls. Right. Oh, boy. Goodness, he's going to be a little acrobat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The, the, uh, and his, his middle brother, well, I should say middle, one of the twins, has adopted him, and is, if he cries, the twin cries. Oh, my goodness. And he'll, he'll go to him and comfort him, and it's, it's amazing. They're, they're really close. Oh, wow. That's, that crosses the line from empathy to sympathy when the two of them feel the same thing. That is so cute. All right, you want Walden's, Walden's uh, stump Walden question from last week that he missed? Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Ah, this is good. Poor Walden. I got him. I got him. You know, it happens so infrequently. Walden, I'm so sorry that I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I still love you anyway, Patricia. Go ahead oh. and show my vulnerability. What can yeah, I say? I so. think the last time I got you was six months ago. I know. Um, who played Inspector Conrad, who was Sergeant Preston's superior in Challenge of the Yukon? Oh. And... Walden couldn't answer, do you expect me to? <laughs> yeah. See, and I knew the answer. I asked him something that I knew the answer to. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> would have been John Todd, would it? All right, Nolan! There you go. Yeah, you yeah, got it. Tonto, Tonto crossed over to Sergeant Preston. So, the moral of the story, everybody, that Nolan and Patricia know a lot more about radio than I do. Um, for tonight. <laughs> or for last week. <laughs> One question. Well, uh, anyway, you you did good. He does some Green Hornet uh, uh, episodes, too. I have one. It's amazing to hear him talk without the uh, halting Indian. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he plays, he plays Dan Reed's dad on a, on a couple episodes, too. Britt Reed. Britt Reed's dad. Uh, yeah, uh, in fact, I think I had, that's the one I was talking about. He's, he's the father. Yeah, I've heard... At least one of those shows, and I never would have picked up that it was John Todd. Well, it was a long time ago, so I'm, I wouldn't have known. I think he must have been still he must have been still awake during the show. They didn't have to wake him up to get him up on the mic, huh? That, that poor guy. But you know, I mean, he had something that a little bit more substance than uh, and Kimosabi me go to town. Um, you know, with with Sergeant Preston, at least it was an intelligent conversation. So, can you imagine what he must have thought when he was studying the barb that his career would be 
Me Kimasabi? Oh, that's the bard, yes. Yes. Um, good. I was Shakespearean actor playing an Indian on the radio. Yeah. 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 Who would have thought it? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, that means I can send you something. Is there anything that you would like? Oh, I'm, you're way ahead with me. I know. I owe you some. That last uh, free mailing was really, really chock full of good stuff. And, and the stamps are okay? Yeah, still, still there, still shining. I have to slide in some steel reinforcement in that envelope. I mean, you, you can't even stand it up on end anymore. Getting rather, rather soft, isn't it? Yeah, it just kind of flops over at the top. <laughs> it's like, I'm so tired. Please leave me alone. Want to hear one, one of my fatuous stories? Pardon? Want to hear one of my fatuous stories, if I can say it? Sure. A story about coincidence? Things that happened that were weird, these involve numbers. Are you with me? Yeah, I am. I'm all used. Okay. The um, girls at the, at the courthouse in, in the little Georgia town I grew up in would call in request for the, uh, and I was on in the afternoon, and I would play songs for them. And I went down to get my license plate one day, and, and they said, uh, you know, you're so nice to play us songs. Can we do anything for you? I, I said, do you have, want a special number for your license plate? And I said, well, the radio station is 1230 on the dial. How about giving me a, that number if it's available? They went through and they, they gave it to me and they reserved it for the years after that, which was about two or three more years before I went into the Army. Hooray! So uh, I had it every year. And I go into the service and, and uh, I'm out of the country for three years. I come back and I come back oddly enough to Deland, where we are right now. This is... Uh, where we finally moved. My parents moved here while I was in the Army, but I found them anyway. <laughs> so I came home, and, and I had the uh, out-of-country license plate, USA number uh, uh, for uh, servicemen and women in uh, Europe. Mm -hmm. I, I took that off the car and, and uh, had my registration or my uh, certificate of uh, title and went into the courthouse, asked for a tag. You know what they had? 1230. How spooky is that? Now, fast forward to the year 2000, uh, no, 1998. 1998. I was buying, now I'm in Kentucky, and I'm buying a, um, a SUV. The dealer uh, sitting at the table, and he said, well, let me get your keys. And he came back, and we'd done the deal, and he handed me the keys. There was a tag on the key with the, with the stock number. 1230. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, should I bet the lottery with that number or what should I do with it? Can you imagine? Have you put your house, have you asked for your house address to be 1230? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'm going to change phones. Don't don't go away. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I guess you better start playing 1230 in the lottery, you know, and you're going to hit the thing. Uh, I just thought of that as I was saying. Maybe I should. Yeah. I don't know about the lottery, but if I were not feeling well on a particular day, I'd be a little concerned when 1230 rolled around. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the time of day. Yeah, I know. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. Don't look at the clock if you feel sick. You sound better. Did you get on your princess phone? I, I sound better? Yeah, you're on your princess phone, maybe. Well, I'm the princess, but no, I'm on a regular phone. <laughs> 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 Just plain old phone. The other one has been chirping at me for about half an hour that the battery is down. You probably don't remember the Princess phone. What is the Princess phone? It was, uh, I guess, in the late 50s, early 60s. It was uh, just very much like the phones look today, but it was just very compact. And they fit in a cradle, and they came in pink and sissy colors. And it was called a, prissy, uh, a Princess phone. So it, it was one of those sleek, it, it was almost like a, um, a mound? Yes, it, it uh, cur curved, looked like, you know, Art Deco's uh, curves in it, very, very modernistic. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I don't have a princess phone. <laughs> Marketing, well, you'd, be, you'd be having mechanical dial if you did, which wouldn't be too compatible. Well, I don't know, you get um, still. On the, maybe I just have old phones, but I've got uh, pulse and tone. Does that sound right? Uh -huh. Right. Yeah, I forgot what it's called. Pulse is right. Yeah. So the pulse would be the dial, and the tone is is the regular push button. Yes. Uh huh. 
where it makes the various sounding tones. I could do that. Mm -hmm. We played with those tones when uh, when they first came out. We we, we had a, we were on a talk show, and we said, "Hold your telephone up to the radio. We'll punch in the tones, and you'll call us." Oh. It worked. Oh my gosh! And it worked. <laughs> yeah. You had to hold it just right and get get plenty of volume, but it would ring. It would make it work. Yeah. Oh, you guys are too much. And other guys were to learn to whistle different tones. Mm -hmm. They could make it work. I never could do that. You guys are so talented. Oh, you just find people that don't have a lot to do. <laughs> it's all life. That's fun. That's fun. Tell me what's different about this phone, so I I need to think about doing this on a regular basis. Well, I really can't detect the difference. I was just making fun of the fact that you were a princess and they had a phone. Oh, now see, I thought you were going to tell me really for real that this one sounds better and I was going to crunch my, my neck against my shoulder for the whole night next week instead of wearing a headset. Boy. How does, how does this one sound that I'm on? Sounds fine. Sounds better on this phone <laughs> than the other one. Maybe a little more volume in that time, but I, I, I made some adjustment here to turn you up, so we're, we're good. Yeah, well, if he gets any more volume, he's going to blow my brains out. I know, I know. So, I can turn mine down. No, you're fine. You're, I mean, you're you're really fine, but if you get loud, it's it's not going to be... Because, well, if he got loud, then I would turn him I would turn him down and turn you, make it easy for you. It would be the first time I was turned down. Oh, you poor baby. <laughs> poor baby. Uh-huh. Well, I, are you into watching kid stuff with the kids? Into watching, not watching what? Kid stuff with the little ones. Oh, not yet. They're, they're not quite, they like, um, what is it, SpongeBob? Oh, yeah, oh, um, yeah, yeah. They, they, they like that, and uh, they're just barely talking, and, uh, but they'll point when they see something they want to watch. And Dad has them a, their own uh, video player in the car, in the van. And it, it has a split screen, and they can watch, one can be watching his with his audio and the other with his audio. Gosh. But look at the picture they want to. Can you imagine how spoiled that is? Oh, my. Gosh, I remember the day when I was lucky to go all the way trip with a little drawing thing. I, I was lucky to get a comic book. I know. <laughs> Gee whiz, that's amazing. Yeah. Then, then we'd stop for refreshments and they'd give me a candy bar and a Coca-Cola and then tell me to sit still. Uh-huh. Exactly, and I never got the candy bar and the Coke. Uh-huh. <laughs> sit still, sit back, and shut up. <laughs> that's it. No noise. That's what my father would say. No noise. <laughs> and noise constituted things like talking. So. No giggling. Oh, gig! Oh, gosh, no, no giggling. Little talking and don't move. That's right. Drink your coke. <laughs> I, but I never got a coke. Oh. I had to sit there and sit still. No, you. That's impossible. I got robbed, you know. Good grief. So anyway, what I was going to recommend, and maybe the kids will be enchanted with the color. Anyway. Jim Carrey in The Grinch. I happened into it last night, and I'm so sorry I missed the opening. It was wonderful. Yeah, we'll look for that. If not now, later they'll like it. I mean, that guy can bend. I said he doesn't have any bones. He can bend in ways and places that nobody was built to do. But he's The Grinch, and he's got a voice that resembles so closely Boris Karloff. Really? Yeah, and in the narration, whoever is doing the narration in between the scenes, and there isn't a whole lot of narration, uh, narration being part of the, the Seuss poem, it also sounds like Boris Karloff. So there's uh, an attachment to the very familiar in the, in the animation, but it's Jim Carrey with real little kids and real Cindy Lou Who, and it's absolutely wonderful. I don't know how much they poured into making this. I, I guess it was for television, but my gosh, it was so well done and funny. I mean, it was funny in places that made me laugh out loud. So that's my that's my ad for tonight. I've been talking about the Grinch with Jim Carrey.
I like Jim Carrey. I will look for that. I'll, I'll enjoy watching it, too. Uh, indeed, and because so many of the stations are running and repeating shows for Christmas, I think you won't have any trouble finding it and and getting it on track. It'll it'll pop up. Very good. Well, well I'll uh, let somebody else call and go rest my voice, which is start, always starts to get a little ragged this time of morning. I do that to you. Need coffee. <laughs> Well, guys, okay. no, and thanks for calling in. We've been thinking about you a lot, and I'm glad you called in. Yeah. Appreciate it. I, uh, thanks, Nolan. You have a good week. You too. I'll try to be more punctual and more frequent. Sounds well, good. You know, it's just that because you you call in regularly, not necessarily every week, but you call in regularly, and then we went for a, a period of time without hearing from you. So we were just a little concerned and um, very happy that everything is cool. Great. Thank you very much. Okay. Have a good day. A good week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, guys. 714-545-2071. We're back to the old swing. We're back to the old swing. We were talking about the Cannes Film Festival for 2011 uh, with the artist, the name of the silent movie uh -huh. did. And they had some still shots. I should have probably stayed up there to see... I did see some some clips, and they did such a wonderful job. The only thing that was missing was the herky-jerky that you would see, you know, the, the sped-up film because mm -hmm. they hand-cranked the recording, you know, the film that was recording, they hand-cranked it. So they, it depended on a person timing it correctly for the amount of turns that they made. And when they got lower and lower and they or further and further into the film that they were recording if they continued to turn at the same speed they were turning it very fast and the and the, the action in the movie started picking up so that was missing and that robbed me of a little bit of realism mm -hmm. but my goodness the the makeup, the performances, the exaggerated movements that were in there sometimes. And that the person who created this talked about watching so many silent movies and some talkie movies, particularly Joan Crawford in her earliest years. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Am I by myself? Right. Hello? Are you there? I am. I was just adjusting something. You you left me. No, I didn't do it on purpose. I had to scratch my ear. <laughs> well, anyway, I was, I was talking to you. <laughs> I thought you did, but I was hoping that you would give me a clue. I wasn't going to do what do you just say? Um, well... Well, that's like, what, what did I just say? You, you, you were just saying this, uh, this person who said he watched a lot of silent movie and uh, old so, so, uh, sound movie, and that's when I scratched my ear. Ah, okay. Well, he watched a mountain of silent movies and observed how people behaved and how they performed certain scenes. Yeah. And what kind of music was played? Apparently, ah. the music that was put together for this film was really spectacular. Wow. But he said one of the actresses he watched in particular was Joan Crawford in her very earliest years. Mm -hmm. That she had some qualities that she lost, that there was a softness and an expression, a face with expressions that people could lock into and belonged in silent movies yeah. that she lost altogether as her career progressed. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Very that interesting. That's a good... Her. And, uh, and, and a lot of other sound movies as well, but he really did an awful lot of homework, and apparently it paid off. This is extremely well-received. Yeah, I think Joan Crawford got back to 1924 or so. I mean, and so that, I mean, Lisa five-year run in the silent film before she ever yeah. switched over. I mean, she was she was in the in the crash between, uh, but he, he was, he was in, when he talked about Joan Crawford, he was talking about talkies. 
Yeah. So she had already crossed over when he was watching some of her movies. Yeah, she had a certain. I have to get. I've read Wikipedia. There's a certain Joan Crawford style of the 30. It was sort of a. Um, I think she was sort of the. The girl that um, was trying to climb the ladder. You know, it was a certain style or whatever portrait that, mm -hmm. and, and she became a trend that a lot of females in the 30s would have wanted to have the Joan Crawford look. And so for a while, uh, that style, her, those things were yeah, definitely a different period. You've jogged my brain about the Joan Crawford look. I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. I remember reading on Wikipedia, so she Google up Joan Crawford to talk about the Joan Crawford look and everything. Uh-huh. And I, because I didn't hear it attached to anything, a, a marker somewhere uh -huh. along the way, I just assumed that they were talking about this woman I have seen in the 1940s, 1950s right. movies. And she was so harsh and hard-looking yep. in those movies. Yep. And stiff and almost angry in the roles, and I thought, who would want that kind of a look? And I did not realize that she had evolved so dramatically over the years. I didn't know that she had an earlier oh, yeah. I mean, pleasant look. Uh, Betty Davis was the same way. So she was just a knock-your-socks-off gorgeous woman who played roles like Southern Bells mm -hmm. very sweetly. And the older she got, the harsher she got. And, and well, and she, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford were total rivals. Oh, they they were bitter enemies. Bitter and, uh, enemies. They were originally going to put the two of them together in whatever happened to Baby Jane. Right. And I think they did. I, did they? The yeah. two of them did that? Yeah. Uh, it was it was not a match made in heaven. No, no. And, and there, was definitely comp there was definitely competition between the two of them. Yeah. And uh, what happened was Joan Crawford, she was still, she was in so many bad movies at the end. She was just still working. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she replaced her stepdaughter in the soap operas, and that was a little odd, the same role and everything in the 70s mm -hmm. for a while. Um, she was an adopted daughter. Correct. Christine? All her, yeah. all her, young, both her young kids were adopted. She just right. wasn't able to have kids. And, uh... She was not a warm and fuzzy mommy. No. I guess she was... No, she, uh... Home. She was, uh... Louis... Lucille Lusseur was her real name. And... I think she worked before she became a... Uh... Cleaning and working in a convent. And... Or some, you know, Catholic thing that she helped... You know, was did a lot of manual labor for. Yeah. And uh, Came I think hurt. I think she was very lonely at the end and died of cancer in 1977. Mm-hmm. And not uh, she she just didn't do much to build friendships. No, no, no. Very harsh woman. But uh. And Betty Davis was hard. She got to be a hard person. You know, I mean, like yes. Sony, but she never let go of her sense of humor, and she never let go of wanting people contact. So she was a great interview on talk shows. But, you know, Joan Crawford, she was notorious for one thing. She corresponded with her fans, personally. That was very important. She, interesting? It, she kept track of people's birthdays. If that's really interesting that she would establish a relationship of sorts yep. with people a great distance. Like there, there was a distance, but people who right. tried to get close to her, right. who were close to her, were off the list. Like she didn't want people to see what was on the inside. Mm -hmm. Isn't that but, interesting? But she was notorious for being very... Loving her fans and be correspondence with uh -huh. them. But Betty, you know, but poor Daddy had a very strange relationship with her daughter. That was mm -hmm. not easy for her. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Nobody has a perfect life. Yeah, but some people 
put imperfect on a different plane. You bet. It's really, really hurt when when you think of those things. Okay, I have a question for you. You think I know the answer? <laughs> of course you do. Aww. Okay, where did this quote, and I've got some Christmas quotes, but at least on those I can save. <laughs> where did this quote come from? Maybe Christmas. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Whoops, wait a minute. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. I've never heard that, but it's a great line, so what I believe. You know? I don't know. That was the Grinch. That was the Grinch. Oh. He realized that presents, all the presents he stole, mm -hmm. didn't steal the happiness of Whoville. That's right. He could still hear them dancing. That's right. And singing, and I can't, I don't know the words to that silly song that they, I, it's silly words, it's got kind of a catchy melody, but sure. that's what he thought. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. And you can hear Boris Karloff uh -huh. in this line. I mean, it, it's just in your head. Yeah. Perhaps means a little bit more. And that was from The Grinch. The Grinch. Yeah. So, we are up to 5.43. We have cobbled up the entire night. I've got Christmas quotes and useless but fun. Would you like a question before we go? Gosh, I mean, you haven't done my Stump Walden or my baseball or whatever you normally have stashed away. Hasn't been even used. Oh, I mean, I'm feeling so terrible. I know. You feel, do you feel deprived? I feel neglected. Oh. I feel like Patricia takes care of the family and she's left me alone. Oh, okay, you can be my family now. Are All right. You ready? <laughs> ready to be my family? <laughs> you bet. Okay, I've got a Stump Walden question. We got Who it. was the host of the Hour of Smiles? Well, I would say if you want to be the actual host, I would say that'd be Eddie Cantor. No. And I found this one quite by accident. Mm. I don't know, Patricia. It is, of all people... <laughs> Fred Allen. Uh, let me get the dates on this one. 1933 to 1934. Okay. It was, um, it, it was a, a comedy-type show, and Portland Hoffa was in it as well. It was 1933 to 1934, two, four, six, eight. I, I found eight shows, and... If you'd like them, I would be happy to send them. Please do. Please do. I've been noticing, I was looking at Jerry, a lot more Fred Allen shows are popping up. Really? Yeah. How interesting. All right, let me get you on my seat. And in fact, I noticed that I was going to Radio Spirit Box set. They now have the Stuart Cannon, Cannon broadcast. So, a lot of stuff is just starting to pop up for some reason. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. On your list is Glenn Miller, and now I have the smile. What did I say? The smile hour? A whole hour? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you said some of these shows would say the hour, and it was only uh -huh. 15 minutes at the beginning. So. But that one, that one was interesting. Um, for a while, Fred Allen had to split the, the show with a music act, which has to type the Titana Troubadours, originally the, with the Titana Troubadours with the whole hour show, then eventually they brought Fred Allen, then they split it half for half, then eventually they let, they was all Fred Allen, that's when we went with the Town Hall Tonight show. Hmm. All right, so let's see. Uh, it, it's a 25-minute show. Okay. Oh, wait, no. Yes, it is. The circus mm -hmm. has arrived. <laughs> I'm looking at the circus has arrived. Mm -hmm. I've downloaded all of these... Um, what do you call it? Uh, Files? Deity shows. And I'm looking at the circus has arrived, and mm -hmm. I thought that's what popped up on iTunes. It's oh. a 30-minute show. Wow. Amazing. Pardon? Amazing. 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 Hour of Smiles. 
as opposed to the file. Hey, you, might walk, you might as well walk, Patricia, if we get Stuart on the 30th, you see that file from 12.30.36 for that show popped up. It's like a, just a portion. I want that started to make, make the internet. All right, now I'm I'm looking for Stuart Kanan. Uh, his appearance was at a segment 12.30.36 on the Fed Allen show. I know it's on the box, I know it's on the Radio Spirit set, so I know it's out there. So maybe here in the underground caves. Well, I've got a fair collection of Fred Allen, so let me check that first. Right, now a complete show. Look like just to, just, to, just that segment. Oh, okay. So I'm just thinking it might be falling out on the internet. So I, are you telling me you only heard that one piece, or that's all that was... I'm Uh, Frank Rosen's Smackout show. All right. Yeah. And I listened to them. The first one runs about 19 minutes, and that is the compilation of five different pieces of mm -hmm. shows. Yep. And one of the pieces is part of the entire show that I have. Uh. So it, it, it will be a duplicate, but the first four segments are different. And then the second one that I found hiding in, in the hole that this woman was going to delete, I couldn't believe it, <laughs> is just a five-minute skit. Mm -hmm. So there's one complete show, 19 minutes of, and, and the complete show is... I don't know, maybe 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, the segments, the five segments, runs 19 minutes, and the segment that is a standalone is five minutes. Mm. So, but I, I'm just so pleased that there's a, a complete show in there. It really was fun listening to the whole thing. It was, it was a whole lot better than trying to imagine what the rest of the show sounded like just from the segments that were available. Uh-huh. So I mailed that to him, and uh, I tried to email these shows, but I'm guessing that... Frank is still up on the dark cases. He's got dial-up. Well, with dial-up, his service then might reject uh -huh. attachments. I don't think he got that many. Uh, you know, he's way back there, and he thinks they really should cut down the staff, so he doesn't think that he t when it goes down on the weekend, there's nobody there to get it back up. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And there is no oversight. There is no agency uh -huh. oversees these services. So the local company he decided to support years ago, it just hasn't progressed to be what yeah. today's standards are. Oh, well. Frank is a very loyal person that way. Well, in that case, I'm glad they bounced back mm -hmm. because it will be easier for him to play these. Absolutely. CD. But Smack Out it was. And Smack Out. And those of you who are Reps members, good news. A whole, whole, whole run of the Fermi Gee and Molly collection is starting to show up in the Reps CD catalog. Ah! They're getting their, up, they have gotten their hands on really some fine masters and they're starting to. I'm gonna be you'll be over the next several years you'll be starting to see the whole run in high up fidelity quality. Very cool. Yeah. Would, you give, would you give out the reps web address? Sure. Uh the reps web address is www.repsonline.org. Repsonline.org. Click on uh catalog C D and you can see all the CDs, all the three thousand 500 CDs reps has on high fidelity um, CDs. And those of you who are favorite McGee and Molly fan, uh, 20 new episodes uh, never heard before has just been released this weekend. And these are from the radio archives. I put them up, and you can buy them ahead download or buy them there. And the continuation of the 15 minute series. There's over 300 of the 15 minute episodes have been uncovered by them. So these are after the middle of 1953. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I've been... That's interesting. Yeah. So they, they, uh, so they're releasing those, and, and so there's just more Fibber coming out. 
And we like hearing that. Yeah. For anybody who's still with us, bless your hearts. I mean, <laughs> RIPS stands for Radio Enthusiasts of Puget Sound. This is the group that puts on the fabulous, um, it, they call it a showcase, uh -huh. really a convention. They, right. they do just such a wonderful job with recreations. And, and guess who we invited to come to showcase this year? Say that again, please. Guess who we invited to come to showcase this year? Everybody. We have, but we invited uh, we invited cast members of Leave It to Beaver this year. Oh, I love it! Wally's going to be. Yes, we invited Wally to make the trip. Oh, so we're waiting. Yeah. For, we're wait, We're waiting for Tony to get back in town. So I, I, uh, I went to my emissary, the only the one and only Beverly Washburn, to invite him to come up. So, so we're hoping that we'll make sure if so we'll invite Lumpy to make the trip. So we'll, huh? so we're gonna see if we'll have some of the cast members besides the radio people. Yes. Do you remember have have you ever spent any time with Leave It to Beaver? I remember watching a lot of it as a kid. Um so I haven't sat down and watched the episode probably in thirty some odd years, but yeah, I remember watching it as a kid. Okay. Well then I won't ask you the question. Okay. But I'll I'll tell you what the question would have been. All right. Lumpy, the character Lumpy. Yeah, uh, Frank Frank Bank, right? Uh huh. And that was Wally's friend. Right. What was his real first name in the show? I don't know. Frank. No, nope. Clarence. Clarence. If my name were Clarence, I would pick Lumpy as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frank Bank, he was he the guy who played that had started he has. He has tied to the Jack Benny's radio show. He played Don Wilson as one of the Beavers. Ah, uh, good. Well, when he was in the Leave It to Beaver shows, mm -hmm. he was stocky. He he was a, a big kid. Mm -hmm. So if if that was a carryover from his childhood, he would have been the logical choice yep. for a Don Wilson because yep. Don, of course, was big. Yep. He was as wide as he was tall. He was a big man. What, how uh, terrible to ask these kinds of questions. How old was he when he died? Uh, Don Wilson? Uh-huh. 82. 82? Yeah, he was a heavy smoker and carried weight and still lived in, 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 up to 82 and passed away in 1983. Good grief. Well, boy, is that a case for eating too much, eating bad stuff, uh -huh. eating, smoking Lucky Strikes, uh -huh. assuming he smoked Lucky yep, Strikes. Yep, that's what he did. No filter. No. Um, actually, you know, they're, they're starting to discover that the filters didn't do anything except <laughs> the tobacco out of your teeth. <laughs> but still, I mean, that is pretty harsh stuff. Mm -hmm. 82. Oh, man, I'm going to go buy some, <laughs> some cigarettes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, could, it, I quit. It, it's um, coming up on nine years now. Next month will be nine years. Oh, I did good. You have done and it. One of the most remarkable things for me is that occasionally I'll still get a flash craving, yep. which I guess is normal. I bet it is. But after nine years, I'll be sitting at the computer and I'll put my arm backwards to the uh, table that's behind me. Right. Looking for the pack of cigarettes. Yep. That's where I used to keep them when I was working. Yep. And I, you know, I would just reach back there, and I, I'm just so amazed at myself for for still being in that. And it's not even a mindset. It, it, it's that that's the habit set. That's not the addiction. That's the habit, and I'm I still reach for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't happen often. Once every couple of months, but still, it happens. Yep. Yep. But you beat. You beat it, Patricia. I did. I did. You, you know, and so many it. people say they go back to smoking, and it just blows me away that they would do that. I keep saying I went through so much to get off the thing, so I'm not about to have to do it a second time. It's like naps. You know, it, it's just not fun for me to get up I in know. the morning, and I'm surely not going to take a nap and go through that all over again. So I guess the same applies to um, cigarettes. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, I did good. So I've got Walden's president question, Walden's brain teaser, and Walden's baseball question. Would you like me to save them, or would you like one now? Cause we well, you know, I took a nap, so I'm, I can keep going. <gasps> yeah, but nobody's with us. <laughs> Everybody went to bed except us. 
Well, then why don't we do this? Why don't you want to get Terry back to the army, and then you and I can have the rest of the night together? With the rest of the night? There is no more night. <laughs> it's starting to get daylight out there. <laughs> yes, we can do that. Okay, because I'm working at a time, because if we turn back to the automation system, they're going to pick up whoever's taking over the show right at the top of the show. And and we've got two minutes before the... That's what I'm thinking. ...off of the hour, and we're, we're perfect. We're going to do that. Do that it. Way. That way, we're going to be good to everybody. Good night, everybody. We're going to be late next week? Nope, on time. On time. Next week is an on time week. Yeah. Okay, we'll it's see on you time. on Saturday. Have a wonderful week. Be safe. And, and we love you all very, very much. So be good. If you're not good, Santa's Claus is going to find out and tell us why. Santa's going to put coal in your stock. Ooh, that happened to my great uncle Walden. Oh, it happened to my mother's brother. Oh, oh I thought that was the awfulest thing I ever heard. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We love you very much. Just Thank you. Make your mind the piper must be paid. The party's over. The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night It seemed to be right Just being with him No The party's over It's all over My friend No Don't.
But darling. 